I don't think I'll be able to pod next week with a baby and all, you know? Yeah. I'm calling from the hospital. I just do what I do. Hold the baby while you podcast. From the hospital? <laughs> Peter has to figure out <laughs> sure. how. Peter's going to have to figure out how to hold the baby. That's true. That's true. He's got to be holding the baby. I got to figure out how to change a diaper, man. Rush, do you know how to change diapers? Yeah, there's, it's not like rocket science. Have you done it? Are you good <laughs> yeah, at it? I actually have. I'm going scorched there earth was, here. Yeah, that like uh, I actually had to. There was this one baby that their parents kind of like were not in the picture. And the baby was there in the hospital for like 10 mm. days. And I would visit okay. the baby every day. Um, And this baby ended up being adopted later. But um, it was a really messed up situation. But yeah, I would visit the baby. And then like I would actually have to like feed the baby for like. 10 minutes like 20 minutes <laughs> right and then the, and then when I, I would always have to do like part of my exam on the baby like listen to the heart whatever do that stuff and no one else was there so i'd like the baby would be sleeping i'd like have to wake up the baby and then be like oh fuck and then like a lot of the nurses would see me like god oh, don't worry just leave like we'll take care of this <laughs> yo josh Raj is out there doing skin to skin with this random baby yeah, it sounds like it sounds like the start of like a law and order episode or like you're doing all the work for the baby, and then at the end of the episode, you end up adopting it. <laughs> yeah, you're the one who adopted exactly it, weren't you? You're hiding something. From no, us. exactly. Yeah, yeah, just right over there. <laughs> Where's the baby? What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Hoops Corner. I'm your host Peter Tran, and on the line, the Ice Man himself, the Baby Daddy, Josh Cohen. Man, how you doing? Feeling cold nowadays. I mean, it's starting to snow out here, so it's not a good experience. Yeah, you poor Ottawa folk, man. That's rough. It hasn't snowed in Toronto? Hell no. Oh, wow. Come on, man. You're lucky. I keep getting these alerts on my phone. Snow within the next 24 hours. It's supposed to snow from like, what, 2 o'clock today until all the way to tomorrow. So not a lot to look forward to besides some NBA basketball. Just turn off the alerts. It's like going to the doctor. If you if you don't see the alerts, it's not going to happen, you know? I guess. I just don't leave the house either so you can't see anything. Well, obviously. <laughs> the banger in the pain, our residential medical expert, Rojan Walia, man. How you feeling? You know what? Uh, the snow, the rain, the freezing rain, all that's getting me depressed. But at least we have succession and the NBA basketball to keep us uh, our hearts warm during this cold, cold time. I haven't watched a recent episode yet. I'm probably yeah, gonna watch it. Away. Right I haven't seen it either. Oh my yeah. god! What are you guys doing with your lives? Like, what, like I guess Peter has an excuse, but Josh has not. <laughs> Raj, <laughs> bore on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> uh, okay, I have a random question to ask you guys. What's your go-to meal from Costco whenever you go? Ooh. Just saying, you know, like as in like I, I was from just the- there before we did this. Like the cafeteria or like a meal that I buy? Like No, like ca- from- the calf, man. <laughs> a meal I don't care that what you buy. buy at Costco. <laughs> frozen drumsticks. <laughs> yeah, frozen. You don't go that way. You go fresh at Costco. But no, it has for me, like, I don't eat beef, so I'm out of the hot dogs. Uh, so I go with, like, I go poutine. And then way back in the day, like, when they had, like, all the condiments on the side, I'd add, like, onions. I'd make it, like, an all-dress poutine. <laughs> As we speak, Peter's drinking his uh, refilled Pepsi from Costco. Absolutely <laughs> wonderful. Yep. Is it Pepsi? Oh, yeah. Going with classics. I wish it was a Coke, but, you know, 
I can't yeah, control so, Costco's contracts. For sure. I mean, for me though, I'm the complete opposite. I just get the dollar fifty hot dog. You can't go wrong with that, and then get some fries with it. So, you go hot dog Easy or a sausage? Hot dog. Oh, I see. Well, you're a savage. Hot dog tastes better. Yeah. Sausage and a poutine, man. That's the way to go. Yeah. Or if you were like Keith Lamb, you'd have like three sausages. <laughs> and then three drinks on the side. <laughs> Without the bun, too. Oh, my. He doesn't even chew it. Oh, that's disgusting. That's just a seagull. <laughs> yeah, like, that's just not a sight, sight to imagine, okay? <laughs> oh, man. All right, let's get back to it. It's been a couple of weeks into the NBA now. We're about a month in, right? Give or take. I'm pretty sure it started on around the 19th. So, yeah, about yeah. a month in. And I, I'm pretty excited for this season. Aside from random COVID cases with Joel Embiid and... You know, it's a lot like of guys. The 76ers, yeah. Jakob Pertle. Kevin Love, Laurie Markkinen. <laughs> Yo, Kevin Love is still in the league? Surprisingly. He's yeah, going to be the starting power forward for the Cavs in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, poor Evan Mobley out for a couple of... Two to four weeks with a wrist injury, I think. Elbow. I think it was, it was elbow. elbow. Elbow? Yeah. Does that explain his 0 for 11 performance? Or, uh, you know, we I think they need an excuse. Just a bad night. <laughs> Yeah, he was just having a bad game. I was watching most of that game. He was not good. That's <laughs> yeah, okay. This is perfect for the Scotty Barnes uh, Rookie of the Year candidacy, you know? Yep. Got got some good De Niro's running behind that bet. So let's go, Scotty. Looking good right now. Yeah, man. Since we're about a month in, I want to ask you guys, you know, we've had some time to digest these teams. How'd like, I think a month is a good place to you know see how what we think of teams how they how they feel to us so i want to ask you guys who you think is real or if it's fake you know maybe teams that are overperforming players that are overperforming in your mind or guys that you know maybe it's real maybe it's legit maybe demar is an mvp this year who knows uh josh man talk to me about these scorching hot these defensive-minded washington wizards because this just makes no sense to me yeah, my biggest question with them is the defense, because right now, in terms of opponents' um, effective field goal percentage, they're number one in the NBA by a percentage plus. I mean, opponents are shooting 47.7% against them in terms of overall effective field goal percentage. And defensively, in terms of efficiency, I think I believe they're fourth right now. And you wouldn't think that having, you know, Matrez Harrell play 25 to 30 minutes a game, um, they have some good defenders around him so they're able to sort of uh, condense the floor and really shrink the paint with guys like Kuzma, KCP. Um, when Gafford plays obviously he's a major uh, you know effective player around the basket even though he only plays you know 22 minutes a game and Bradley Beal usually a really bad defensive player has played pretty good defense so far this year which might have taken away from some of his offense honestly he's shooting below 40% from the field so maybe he can't do both but my biggest question is, can they continue this with having, you know, they've already much like a 14 deep roster. So you can take guys out of the game and play a bunch of different dudes, 25 minutes a game and keep everyone fresh. So maybe this is sustainable. What do you think? Hey, hey, you know what? Like, uh, I think you listed off a lot of players that have been playing, I guess, uh, above their level in defense, but... The guy who gets no credit is Denny Avdijia, who apparently, like on the Who's Wizards... He's still not bo- getting any credit because you didn't pronounce his name properly. It's Avdijia. I don't know where he's Avdia. from. How dare Avdia. you? Avdia. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you I thought you were going to say Rui, to be honest. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. the Rui effect. Also, Rui but... hasn't even played yet. 
yeah but hey hey he's going through some personal matters we're gonna let this go he's gonna come back a different animal but before you begin again um washington wizards better without Rui. Uh, their team is their team has been better in the last couple of years but they won't be Rui will be a welcome addition or Rui's gonna bring them down Oh, let me guess. Rui's gonna ruin them, but no. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> On the Wizards broadcast uh, a few nights ago, they were talking about how Denny's having the same kind of impact that Draymond has in the sense that um, he's he well. Okay, obviously I'm exaggerating here. Draymond's an All Pro defensive player, uh, a point like guard. Rui had the offensive capabilities of Kawhi, but go on. Hey, you know what? I think he has, at his stage in his career, I think he can still become a very good offensive player. And we'll we'll save that for another day. But uh, if you just look at kind of him as a, a, like his role on that team, he's still putting uh, up good numbers. But more importantly, he's kind of like helping space the floor. He's giving, he's letting the ball kind of go to Kuzma, Beal, Harrell. Uh, and he, he's doing a good job defensively. Like, uh, he's had to guard some elite players, and uh, he's done a good job with them. And, of course, the question was, Josh, are the Wizards real or fake? Yeah, in terms of their defense, I don't think they're going to be this good. I think they could potentially be top 10 if all their guys stay healthy and Gaffer gets more minutes, because I don't think the Montrez Harrell thing is real. I mean, he's been fantastic offensively, obviously, but there's only so long you can hide that guy and get lucky, I guess, with, um, you know, playing around the basket, obviously, and then having a cover for him, you're going to give up some three-point shooting, right? So I think a lot of the numbers are a little bit lucky right now with them, and they're going to eventually come back to earth because this team is not this good, especially with Bradley Beal shooting under 40%. But it's good they have an identity now. At least they can rely on their defense on, you know, and games that they're not shooting well. And they can still, you know, at the end of the games, they can rely on two different guys to get them shots, which they didn't have before because Russell Westbrook is trash. You know that Montrez plays against second units, right? Like, Montrez played no, 25 and he plays against the starting guys for the majority of the game. No, but yeah, fine. You're right. But he still comes off the bench, right? So with a player like Montrez, like a hustle, you know, rebounder, energy kind of player like that, you just want them to sort of bring all the energy that they can off the bench, right? And then the idea is that this the energy that he brings to the court is contagious to everyone else on the floor. So I don't see why you would need Montrez to be like a top-tier defender. Right? Obviously, he could be better, but we're not talking about Montrez in the playoffs where like teams are scheming against him every time. This is regular season play. Who cares? You know what I mean? Like, he just needs to bring it every night, which he does. We know this is Montrez from the Clippers, not from the Lakers. This is Montrez of the Houston Rockets that's on the floor right now. I mean, who cares if he gets worked against, like, bigger matchups against guys like the size of Embiid or Brooke Lopez or whatever? It doesn't really matter. Because on a day-to-day basis, he's going to be going against other smaller forwards or like, smaller big men, right? Like, if you put him against anyone from... Maybe not Toronto. Anyone in Boston, like Al Horford, is going to be matched up with him. If you look at Chicago, no one is can no one is going to be able to match up with Montrez. I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all, Josh. I I think this defense is definitely capable of like being top ten this year. I wouldn't say top five, but top ten easily. 
I don't know about easily still. I'm still not a yeah. full believer, but I think they can do it. But the biggest thing with Harrell, you know, on basketball reference, they have their MVP standings. And uh, he rated fifth out of everyone in the NBA so far because he's shooting 63% from the field, averaging 18 and 8, and shooting 81% from the line, which is an outlier, obviously, for him. Weird. <laughs> I mean, he shoots usually in the low 70s, I believe, but this year he's been like ultra efficient. And him and Beal have great chemistry together, too, on the pick and rolls. But, again, I think once Rui comes back, like, you got to figure out who you're going to play, right? Because Kuzma's still going to start, you would think. Abdi yeah. has had a really good defensive impact. And he's provided some playmaking when Beal sits out. So you got to figure out how to fit Rui in at that point. And maybe that causes some issues. And, you know, obviously Rui's not a good defensive player either. So you can argue with me all day you want, Raj. But uh, it's just not the case. Hold yeah, on, hold on. Basketball references MVP tracker has DeMar DeRozan at seven. This is kind of wrong, man. DeMar DeRozan should be, you know, top two right now. Yeah, Washington's just happy to have a winning team. But uh, just to <laughs> tell Josh why I kind of agree with him, I don't really believe in the Wizards. I think their ten and three record is uh like uh they're definitely overplaying or they're underplaying. Wait, what am I even trying to say? They're not as good as what their record is. Uh, they they're beat playing. a lot of. <laughs> They're playing, exactly. Um, but they beat a lot of bad teams. Like uh and the teams, good teams that they beat were are still trying to figure it out. Atlanta's been kinda underwhelming. Uh they won two games against them. They played the Bucks without probably three or four starters, depending on the game. Don't remember off the top of my head. Uh and then they did beat the Celtics twice, but the Celtics are uh, a mess, so um, those are their big wins against kind of uh, more playoff level teams, and those teams aren't hitting their stride. So uh, when the Wizards end up playing kind of the elite of the West and the elite of the East, we'll have a better idea. This team should still make the playoffs, or at least the plan, but they're probably going to be closer to like uh, a 38 to 43 win team. Like they're not going to be uh, a top of the East. Uh, I mean, they already have a major head start compared to all these other teams, right? Like yeah. it, it would make sense if, you know, they had a strong preseason and we're like, okay, let's just wait for the real season to start. But they're starting off at 10 and 3. You know what I mean? And if you compare them to other teams, like the Bucks are 6 and 8, the Celtics are 7 and 7. All these teams have so much, like, uh, space to make up for, right? So I think in terms of standings, I mean, they should be maybe not a lock for the playoffs, but easily, like, top 8. Let's see what their record looks like after 25 games. Like 25 still less than a third into the season. Like we're literally in like the earliest early parts of the year. Um again, I I think when they end up playing the likes of like uh the Suns, the 76ers, the Heat, the Bulls now, uh, I think there there will test their defense. There will test their uh, efficiency and I guess the counter to that is Bradley Peel's playing so bad offensively and they're still winning. Like, that's the little glimmer of hope they have. Yeah, and you have to wonder what the vision is for Tommy Shepard because he just got promoted today. Uh, I think he got promoted to general manager and got a little bit of a pay raise as well, got an extension. And uh, at the deadline, they have a lot of guys that they can potentially move and maybe get one piece back if they're really trying to go all in. Because a lot of these guys have very tradable contracts, obviously, with them being able to trade, you know, Russell Westbrook for all these different contracts and the money to line up. And these guys are all desirable players. Like, everyone's looking for wing players that can play defense and hit threes, and they got a lot of those guys. I mean, hey, if you're if you're still, like, top three in the East at that point, you just keep this roster. There's no way I'm breaking up that chemistry. Yeah, I think 
like this like, team is a great definition of a team that doesn't like obviously Bradley Beal's a like a superstar, but like they just have enough different ways to score. They have like good overall players who can play some defense. Like they're just a team. Like instead of a bunch of superstars or being top heavy, like they're they just have people that can play basketball and they work well together. All right, let's move on. Raj, I want to ask you about my surging, not really surging, but surviving Denver Nuggets here. I mean, they've lasted the season. Obviously, we remember where we saw that strange and dirty, like mutually dirty play from Marquise Morris and Nikola Jokic last week where they just shoved each other. At one point, I actually thought Marquise Morris was actually going to be like hurt, hurt, but he's not. So that's good. Um, Yeah, the Nuggets sitting with. The third best defense in the league, Raj. Is this real or fake? Uh, Before we get into that, I got a quick 20-second fuck that guy. Markeith Morris, the Morris twins. Come on. Like, I I hate the whole idea of they're playing victim and hitting him when my back's turned. Like, there's a whole Twitter compilation of times that they've hit guys when they weren't looking. He kind of got what he asked for. Um, You want to be physical? Someone's allowed to be physical back at you, so it'll quit crying. But... This Nuggets team is is Jokic playing at a better level than last year? Like, yes, honest question. Absolutely. Yeah, and w- even with that, they're they're so thin at certain positions, especially with MPJ being out now. Obviously, Jamal Murray's out for probably the majority of the year. Um, so they just they just don't have enough talent around uh, Jokic. But is that defense real? Oh, honestly, I I, I really think that. Um, that's kind of the way they have to win. So they're all kind of geared up in defensive mode, and I believe that defense. Uh, I think they know that they can't afford to have games playing into the 110s and 120s consistently on a night-in, night-out basis. So Mike Malone's like, hey, we want to win games. we got to start playing defense. So they're playing defense. They probably would have been playing in the playoffs. Um, and and the, you know what? They have a few young guys, and hopefully MPJ comes back and gets some reps because I don't think the Nuggets – are a contender this year but maybe next yeah and i don't really 100 percent agree with the defense i i don't think that uh they're going to be a top eight defense they might be like 12th or 13th i would say because they start the same way every year like last year i think and the year before they were like first in defense for the first few games and then they tailed off um you know once mpj got a bigger role and started playing more minutes and Dozier got hurt too, so that hurt them as well. But right now they have all their defensive players in the lineup, and you can rotate, you know, Barton, uh, Gordon, and uh, Dozier as well. And you have a lot of guys around Jokic that are really long and can get out to three point shooters, and they just allow the right shots, you know, when they're playing defense. But injuries are going to happen, and uh, like you said, they're devoid of talent, especially on the bench. When they go to those bench units, uh, Denver just really struggles. That's the biggest issue right now is when Jokic goes out of the game, they are completely screwed. Because I watched the Dallas game against them uh, two days ago, and Jokic was completely dominating. But as soon as he went to the bench, especially in the fourth quarter, uh, Dallas, I think they were like plus 11 or something like that. So they're having the same issue that Philadelphia had a couple of years ago when Embiid was off the court. And then they ended up signing Horford, which is a huge mistake, obviously. <laughs> you know, Denver doesn't really have anybody behind Jokic that has been consistent. I like green and everything. I like both greens, but uh, both of them haven't been that good so far. Yeah, but I think they... Hey, hey, don't talk shit about Uncle Jeff Green. Come on. He struggled up until a couple games ago. 
think he was like shooting 18 percent or something like that for three <laughs> he's an uncle so you got to give him some time to warm up and get his legs under him but <laughs> that is true yeah um i i kind of disagree i think this defense kind of has to be in the top maybe eight i would agree I don't know if top five is being a bit generous just given their talent. Just because that's the style of basketball they're going to have to play to win games. Like, if you expect Jokic to put up roughly 28 points a game, I don't know if you can get enough, like another 75, 80 points consistently from this roster. Like, there isn't another scorer beside him that can... Like, Will Barton can put up 20. But then, like, again, Monte Morris, Aaron Gordon... Jeff Green, we've talked about, like like Dozier. Like, there just isn't that additional scoring. And I think as a result, they're just going to play a slow-paced game, measured. Jokic is going to really control the offense. Uh, and their games are probably going to be in the high 90s, low 100s for a majority of the year. And that's probably going to give them a good defensive rating. They're literally the only team in the league that's kept their uh, general opponent's points per game under 100. Like how insane is that? For a but they have that, to. Like yeah, but that's yeah. You're right. Like that's how they've trained themselves to win, right? Like obviously they're not the most offensively talented team. It's obviously a lot of really inconsistent players when you look at guys like Will Barton or Aaron Gordon. But at the same time, like inversely, they've sort of transitioned their identity to like a purely defensive team, right? I mean, this is something that Coach uh, Malone has tried to emphasize over the past like four or five years. Basically, since he got there, and you can sort of see like the progression in that uh, specifically through like Jokic's game. Remember when Jokic was like a sieve on defense, couldn't do a damn thing, couldn't move his feet, had no idea how to like deflect like passes. Now, if you watch him, he like I don't want to say he anchors the defense, but he tells players where to go, right? And you have to be not only like a, a high IQ player to do that, but you got to back your shit up. And he does. Like, if you watch him this year, his hands are much more active. He's much more mobile when he's defending, like, guards. I'm not saying that he's good at defending guards, but he's his defense is, like, it's highly, highly improved this year. Yeah, he's definitely above average now. And, you know, even though he's, like, telling everyone where to go, at, so, at points he can't get to the spots that he needs to. But he knows <laughs> he needs to be there. It's just yeah. a matter of his physical capabilities aren't quite there. But that's not his fault, obviously. <laughs> he's... Got in really good shape, and, you know, he's making most of the plays he needs to, especially on uh, the offensive end, but defensively, he's been he's been good this year. Yeah, and having Aaron Gordon on defense definitely helps. Guy's going to be, he should be like an all-defense player this year, so. I, I think that Aaron Gordon takes the most um, fadeaway over the left shoulder, uh, shoulder Jordan shots out of anybody in the NBA right now. <laughs> I'd, I'd have well, to compare the stats. Over yeah. the left, yeah. yeah. He takes at least like four of those a game, which is really odd. But I guess Denver's offense sort of needs it too. It used to be Demar. Yeah, yeah. Now Demar is like facing up key. fools and just yeah. shooting that little fifteen footer. Yeah, Demar was more like top of the key too, rather than uh, the the sides, like than the wings. But you're right. I mean, their offense is struggling. Even when MPJ was healthy, it was struggling. That guy had like a really awful start to the year, so. Maybe he needs this time to reflect and get his shit together, you know? Get his Maybe vaccine. get a COVID shot. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's not happening. Come on, Josh. Yeah, probably not. You should know better than that by now. All right, shall we move on, Josh? 
why don't you give us this one? Why don't you give us a team that we can look at as a real or a fake? Uh, I'm not going to give you a team. We've already talked about the okay. player, but is this DeMar DeRozan run actually for real? Oh. He's shooting like 50-something percent from mid-range, averaging, what, 28 points a game right now? And it just seems like he's gone... Uh, he's he's basically using... He's like, a, you know, when they talk about like using 8% of your brain, he's using like 100% of his ability right now, you know? He's like reached the peak of his powers at 32 years old. And he's getting... To all of his spots, he's creating all the matchups he wants. Like, if you watch the Lakers game or even the highlights, the entire second half, all he did was get Carmelo Anthony in a switch and then shoot the exact same shot over and over and over again. It was actually pretty funny to watch. But uh, you look at, like, the, the Chicago team around him and Levine. I mean, they have Lonzo Ball, who's good, you know, on offense, maybe two out of every three games. But when he's bad, you know, these guys have to take 20-plus shots each. And there's not a lot around those three guys outside of that right now since Vucevic is up. But Damar has taken his game to another level, and uh, it's, it's been pretty fun to watch, to be honest. So he's real, Josh. Just say it. Words out of... I need to hear those words. I don't think he's MVP real, but can he be, in? I guess, in the top five in terms of MVPs this year? You answer that question, Josh. I need to hear it. Equivalently, absolutely not. But what do you guys think? <laughs> yeah, Kenny, absolutely. Why not? Like this Chicago team has been historically bad over the last ten years, really, since Tom Thibodeau left. Um, he's now been the major addition to this roster because again, they had Vucevic last year. They really couldn't figure it out, um, and especially when last year, ever or last two years, everyone kind of thought in San Antonio he was washed. Um, he wasn't getting, he was still putting up okay numbers, but um, like slowly downtrending and they weren't getting results. But hey, this year they're winning games. He's playing a huge part of the offense. He's being efficient. Uh, and the key thing I think with this is he has a running mate now with in Zach Levine that if he gets into like troublesome situations, if he gets trapped into a double team, like he just passes that to Levine and Levine can get a good shot up in five or six seconds. Uh, and that makes the world of difference. I think on the other teams he was playing in, uh, he was that guy. And whenever they got into a like a, a position where they trapped him, where they doubled him, it would be like, enough. it would whether it be like DeJounte Murray or Derek White having to create a shot. And it's not the same category as uh, Zach Levine. So um, will he win MVP? No. Will he be a top five guy? I think... If he stays healthy, if the Bulls stay healthy, I think it's possible. And he is for real. Is, is Zach Levine a better running mate for him than Kyle Lowry was in Toronto? Uh, I would say, no. yeah. No? I think the chemi- like chemistry-wise, Lowry and DeRozan were better. But in terms of what this team needs, like they need both guys to put up 24-plus points per game based on their lineup. And, you know, Vucevic, when he was in, he was just struggling. Like, he's in a different role now, obviously, and they're asking him to do less. And they're asking him to post up a lot less, too, which is something that he did really well before. And he's getting used to just being, like, you know, the guy who picks and either pops or rolls. And a lot of those guys that um, were used to, like Dwight Howard, for example, back in the day. Like, he was always a post-up guy. Didn't want to do anything else. And then eventually he had to accept that he's not going to be that guy anymore. 
I think Vucevic is going through that right now. Like he has to understand that he's the third option, sometimes the fourth option most nights. And, uh, you know, he gets back in the lineup. I don't think he's going to shoot like under 40% or whatever he's at right now, which leads you to believe that Chicago might be a contender. You know what? I, I'm going to, again, disagree with you, Josh. I think Zach Levine's just the better running mate for DeRozan, just because over the last couple of years, DeRozan's expanded his passing game. Uh, really started kind of in San Antonio, and even here he's demonstrating. I think he has what, like averaging six, six something assists per game. No, he's sure doing he's the opposite there. this year. He's yeah. at like three or four. Last year okay, he was at four. seven. Four. Okay, well he has expanded his passing game, and I think the the difference is when he was playing with the Raptors, and this is more of a system thing than maybe particularly Lowry or Levine. But when he was with the Raptors, like he was the main guy. They had a lot of other people that could score in certain situations or certain positions. But the problem is it took a long time to start the offense. So if you got DeRozan um, as a defense, if you got him into a double team or you make make him pass the ball um, to Lowry or someone else on that team, with like six seconds, the Raptors weren't getting the same quality of shots as if he did the same thing with the Bulls. Just because, again, Zach Levine's just the scorer. Like that's kind of his role like he really just puts up points he's not really known uh, for his defensive work or passing or anything like that and I think DeRozan having two of those players is really valuable because it's hard to double team it's hard to really focus on one because yeah sure you can double DeRozan but you're going to give up uh, an easy shot to Levine or Lonzo who's actually playing Unreal this year and um, again the system around Chicago is better than it was in the Raptors even though the Raptors had great offenses um, when Dwayne Casey was around, I think we all knew about their limitations of playing ISO ball. I think you just have more options. In terms of the MVP talk, um, I, I don't think you can consider DeMar to be a top five guy because you can just argue that Zach Levine's been better this year, honestly. Zach Levine's been more efficient, and he's a better, obviously, a better shooter from three, and he's a better defensive player. And, you know, assist-wise, he's only 0.4 behind DeMar. So both those guys have played extremely well, obviously. And Levine has been getting as much attention because, honestly, he gets the, the worst defensive assignment in terms of, like, the best defensive player is going to be on Levine the majority of nights. I think that's another reason why DeMar is succeeding in this role because I don't think he's ever had that before. I mean, if you look at San Antonio and you look at Toronto... Guys are not going to put, uh, or teams are not going to put their best players on DeJounte Murray or Kyle Lowry. So I think DeMar getting the other assignment now has really improved his overall offensive game, shooting 51% from the floor. Are you forgetting the Toronto Raptors of Rudy Gay and DeMar DeRozan? I think you are. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I seem to recall a lot days. of LeBron James on Rudy Gay, not DeMar DeRozan in those years, Josh. Yeah, clearly. And back in the day, like, <laughs> Toronto pulled off the Westbrook trade before the Westbrook trade even happened. They traded Rudy Gay for a bunch of dudes, and then they somehow improved a ton And when they had no expectations. They traded, no, they traded Andrea Barignani for a, a couple of dudes and a lot of draft picks. That was the big one. No, Rudy Gay's sure. trade was like, yeah, they were both huge, I guess. Remember Grievous Vasquez? <laughs> that was a trade for the Raptors. They ended up getting OG and Norman Powell. Yeah, <laughs> that was something. For half oh, a year of Vasquez. <laughs> oh my oh goodness. My. Uh, this DeMar DeRozan thing is very real. Strictly, 
for the only reason that he's shooting 37% from three this year. But that 37%, this guy never shot over 30% prior to this. One year he shot 31% from three. Hey, and That's you know it. what? Like, you know what? Considering like the way the NBA is played now, like there's obviously more points per game. The offenses are just more efficient. Like if you took Demar's stats from his Toronto days before the Kawhi trade, and then just based off of the linear progression of everyone improving their scoring in general because teams are more offensive, these would be roughly Demar's numbers. Like he was putting up obviously worse numbers, but like he was still like a good player when he was playing for the Raptors. And that's why they were the number one or two seed in the East consistently. So, you know what? This is in his bank. It's not like, oh my God, he's only played this level for 14 games in his entire career or like half a year. Like he was a good player. I think we forget about that because obviously his shortcomings in the playoffs, but that will be for the playoffs. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, just to end this, um, DeMar DeRozan is a regular season lion and a playoff lamb. Ooh. Wow, that's just deep, Josh. That's deep. Thank you. <laughs> All right, let's let's hit the last one, Raj. Do you have a team or apparently a player? Uh, if it was up to Josh, he would probably complain about referees or like love the referees. The referees <laughs> have been Even... great this year. Yeah, that's the question. Are the referees real or fake this year? I think they're pretty real. Yeah, they're real, and we've talked about this at length. Uh, I I actually want to talk about uh, a player in Jason Tatum. We kind of touched upon him. I guess I'm harping hard on the Celtics. And me and Josh had this uh, interesting discussion about will Jalen Brown be a better player than Jason Tatum in a few years? Because obviously defensively, Brown is just a, a better player than Tatum. I just want to uh, be clear. I said Jalen Brown is a better player than Jason Tatum right now. Yes, you did say that. And I, I, I was hesitant to say whether he's passed him because I think Tatum's put up really good stats and uh, obviously they won early on when he was in his rookie year. But um, that that's my question. Like, is, is Jason Tatum, he's obviously a great player, but is he going to ever be that top five player that I think everyone expected him to be after his rookie year? Or is he always going to be hovering around that like, 10 to 15 or 5 to 10 range. He's not in the 5 to 10, that's for sure. No. I think Jason Tatum's career is going to end up looking a lot like Paul George. Really smooth player. He's going to be... He can always be like the best player on the team. But is he ever going to win you a playoff... Like a real, real playoff series? Is he going to lead you to the finals? Unlikely. Will he have a couple of years that you're like, holy shit, this guy might be an MVP? Very likely. Right? Like we... No one's going to take away how special Jason Tatum's game is, right? But can he be the number one on a winning team? Probably not. Can he be the number two on a winning team? Definitely. If, if he accepted that role, but I don't think he'd be willing to do that. Yeah, Not right now, but what young player is willing to? What 23 to 25-year-old is willing to do that? Jalen Brown. <laughs> I don't think so. He has no, so far. What do you mean? How? He's been the number two in Boston for his entire career. Have they won anything? They got to the conference finals like three times. You can't discount that. Uh, yeah, I can. It was years ago. <laughs> <laughs> what have you done for me recently, Josh? Past, yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, they they took advantage the same way that we knock Le- or not we specifically, but people knock LeBron uh, for taking advantage of a weak Eastern Conference. I'm going to say the Celtics did the same thing. 
right? What's the difference between LeBron getting to the finals every year with the Cavs and the Celtics going to the Eastern Conference finals two out of three years or one out of three years or whatever that was? Realistically, they got hot at the right time because no way Scary Terry is leading another playoff team to the finals. And he did no. that year or Eastern Conference finals, sorry. And he did that la- that, that year. You know what I mean? Just because you get hot at the right time doesn't mean that your your trajectory is on the the same slope. I don't I don't buy that at all. Yeah, just to go bo- to kind of continue uh, saying probably why Jason Tatum is a bit fake or his stock is fake. Uh, he's not even a top five player in the East. Let's just like uh, it's very like no one can debate that. Uh, I think there's five players in the East that are considerably just better basketball players than him. Um, and then you kind of have to obviously go in the West, and there's obviously another few pl- really good players on that conference as well. So, whoa, 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 whoa. so hold on, hold on. Who are we saying is better than him in the East? We have Harden, Durant, Embiid, Giannis. Scotty Barnes. <laughs> is Harden better than Jason Tatum right now? Yes. Yes. Okay. Have you seen Tatum's stats this year? I know Harden and, started off pretty awful, but he's been pretty good the last couple of games. But Tatum's shooting like 31% from three, 39% overall. And then again, you look at Jalen Brown. Maybe it's a case of Levine and DeRozan over again, where Jalen Brown's <laughs> getting less you know, defensive, defensive attention. But uh, you know, Jalen Brown shooting 50 and 40 from the field. So, And Jalen Brown's a better defensive player too. Like passing-wise, Tatum's a little bit better. But... I just prefer Jalen Brown. He has more of a more of an edge to him too, and he's yeah, improved a lot sure. over the course of the last couple of years. I mean, I think Tatum's a more talented player, but I think Brown works harder. Yeah, I think Brown has more uh, upside to him based off of the last three or four years, and kind of Tat- like Tatum's shortcomings are he just doesn't make enough winning plays. That's it's not game winners; it's just winning plays. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Like, Brown, he, like, not only is his shooting incredible, but he does, like, the, the intangibles, right? Is what we're getting at here. Obviously, a better defensive player. Yeah, um, exactly. And if we're comparing him to no. Paul George, like, Paul George is a great defensive player, or especially historically has been a great defense player. Like, Tatum is nowhere close to that. And offensively, like, yes, their games are similar in the sense that they can score in many facets, they can shoot the ball get to the rim, like really smooth games. But there's a whole other side of basketball and defense and Tatum's not hit anywhere close to what Paul George has. And not saying he won't, but based off of the effort, we'll see. For me, it's just the shot selection. Like the fact that he still takes the same awful two-point shots early in the clock, this late in his career. And, you know, a couple of years ago, he was super efficient. And uh, he seemed to learn his lesson from the previous playoffs where he's taken a bunch of really bad shots. And then this year, he's taken the same stupid shots, missing guys on pick-and-roll plays. He's not making the extra passes. And he's not making, like, the expert-level passes that you see, like, really good pick-and-roll players make, where it's not just the pass to the roller. Like, Zach Levine has the same issue, too, where if he's not hitting the most basic pass, he's not going to be able to find, like, Caruso in the corner and make that expert level play in order to keep the ball moving and, you know, keep the offense flowing. It's just defenses, like really good defenses, know where they're going to be going. And Tatum hasn't really stepped up his game in that regard. So you think it's real that Jason Tatum's gone like this cold for the year? Like you you really think he's going to shoot 31 or 32% on the year? 
No, I'm not saying that. More so, like my my thought on this is just like the the ta- you know the Tatum versus Brown um, comparison, right? I think Tatum's going to improve his shooting over the course of the season because, like Lillard and like some other guys in the league right now, like these guys, these superstar players are not going to shoot under forty percent for the entire year. I don't think. If that's the case, then it's going to be a really weird NBA season. <laughs> yeah. I just don't believe the the stock. This is, I think, year five for Tatum. Uh, and I think at this mark, people expected him to be getting close to that top five mark or knocking on the door. And again, not even top five in his own conference. So here's a better question. Who would you rather have for the next five years, Jason Tatum or Trey Young? Hmm. I would probably say hmm. Trey Young just because the point guard position is so important. It depends. Are the refs going to continue their trajectory from this year? Because <laughs> if that's the case, I'm taking Tatum. I don't. I like. I. I don't think Trey Young is able to adapt his game to uh, being hit. I mean, as, Tatum as, hasn't either. If you look at the stats, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Neither of them. Have, neither of them have had a good year this year, right? Like statistically, at least. Yep. And they're both uh, having troubles adapting to this new style or older style of officiating i guess however you want to call it i mean the answer like to be honest the answer is Jalen brown over both of those two because i just love Jalen brown's game but yeah i don't know they're both uh what's the word i'm looking for i don't want to call them soft but they're like just just call them soft they're not the hardest dudes on the court you know what i mean you know what i mean (laughs) they're not the kind of guys i'm gonna put out there if i uh if i need them to scrap for a rebound let's just say that Yeah, you can't trust a guy with Trey Young's haircut. <laughs> That's Josh's X Factor. Yep. <laughs> How can you still look that bad when you have so many people endorsing you? Like, fix your hair, man. That's part of the look, though, Josh. Look at Anthony Davis. That's different. That's that's an actual thing. <laughs> what do you mean? No, the unibrow is a thing. Like nobody else has that. Like you have terrible looking hair. You look like a like a toddler. Yeah, people like that shit. No, they don't. He likes that shit. Like, why he would likes you choose to be ugly? Oh, Josh. You just don't understand the kids these days. I don't Neither see do anybody I, else though. with that haircut, though. He's not starting a trend. Maybe he will. You don't Maybe. see anyone else with a unibrow. Like a jerry curl that you just don't wash? That's that's the trend now? <laughs> Yo, that thing is too thin to be a jerry curl, man. Jerry curls are thick and luscious. He ain't got that. That's for damn sure. Yeah, I guess so. All right, let's let's hit up some stats corner, Josh. So for stats corner this week, you know we just talked about uh, Jason Tatum and his uh, lack of playmaking abilities this year and not wanting to pass the ball. So we're going to talk about teams that actually do pass the ball well. So in terms of assist percentage this season, about 16 to 17 games in, can you tell me the teams that have the best assist percentage overall in terms of assisting on you know the points that are scored throughout the game? And then can you tell me the worst five teams in terms of assist percentage that don't pass the ball on offense? Now, this doesn't really relate overall to the offensive rating for a team, obviously, because some teams really succeed in an isolation type of style like Portland, for example. This is only in terms of percentage, in terms of the amount of uh, assisted field goals that are made throughout the course of a game for a team. Raj, you want to start? How about the Phoenix Suns? 
Phoenix Suns are just outside the top five. Oof. They are number six at 62% of their field goals being assisted. Give me the MVP caliber, Stefan Warriors. Number one by far at 70%. They are 70? 70%. Jesus. They are whooshing oh that ball God. around like nobody's business. Wow. How about also, two of these Lisa. teams are really bad teams, just so you're aware. Okay. Hmm. How about the Atlanta Hawks? The Atlanta Hawks are not in the top Oof. 10. They are just outside the bottom five. They are at 24th overall at 56%, Oof. which could be one of the reasons why they're not winning right now. So a really bad team, eh? Give me OKC. No, we're still talking about the good teams. <laughs> oh no, I thought you said. Oh, I thought you said there was a really good bad team that had Too bad a teams. really good assist percentage. Oh, I thought you meant like, everything in the. Okay, never mind. Yeah, in terms of Oklahoma, they are in the bottom five. So, <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> so you got one of the bottom five teams. Okay, you All know right. What, you know what? I I already know one of the other bottom five teams. Um, but what about the Charlotte Hornets? Charlotte is just outside the top five at number seven, 62%. Oh, damn, we only have one team so far? Shit. Uh, this is one of them a is a surprise one. team in the NBA. Oh, okay, I got this one. Well, I'm not going with that. Is it the Lakers? The Lakers? Who's passing the ball the Lakers? I figure Westbrook uh, likes his dump off assists, you know? No? No, they're 18th, 58%. No. How about Man, what the... a brutal team, eh? Jesus yeah. Christ. They suck. I told you they're not going to make so... the playoffs. What they're going to the make the playoffs, Josh. No. Nope. Yeah, they were. No. Nope. Didn't you hear Woj had to announce that LeBron's coming back from an injury? Not going to matter. Also, when was the last time Woj tweeted about an injury, like someone returning from like an ankle sprain? Who the hell cares? <laughs> Come on, man. Jesus. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Um, <laughs> how about the Washington Wizards? Uh, Washington is not in the top five. They're middle of the pack. They're at 58%. Yo, Jeez. we're so trash at this. Yeah. <laughs> Man, these percentages are picking hairs. Um... <laughs> All right. So you got two Eastern Conference playoff teams, one of them being a surprise team. And then you have two Western Conference teams who are bad. Is Philly? No. Philly is not in the top five. They are 19th, 57%. Okay, how about Western Conference team bad, the Sacramento Kings? Sacramento also not in the top five. This what? is starting to get pretty pathetic. They are 23rd. <laughs> uh, Would Toronto. you like me to just announce it? No, 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 no. We're not no, doing no, that. No, no, Toronto. No, no. Has to be a surprise playoff team. Toronto. They're not playoffs. Toronto. No. Oh, my God. Okay, how about this? We might as well fucking shoot the board. Cleveland Cavaliers. There you go. There Finally, we go. Cleveland, number five, 63%. Wow, Jeez. the god Ricky Rubio yeah. bringing his international talents to the NBA finally. That's right. After like a decade. Spain Rubio is back. Okay, how about... Wow, he's I'm finally not... arrived. What do you mean back? He hasn't been here yet. No, nah, I mean like pre-Kobe destroying his ACL, he was nice. <laughs> how about... Nah, the... Not to that extent. Mm, I don't know, man. How about okay, the so San Antonio Spurs? 
There you go. San Antonio, number two, 66%. Jeez, oh, Pop. wow. Just goes That's to show you, passing the ball doesn't necessarily mean you're a good offense. That's true. So what are we looking for now? One more Eastern Conference team and a bo- another bottom West? Western team. How about the Chicago Bulls? Chicago is not in the top five, not in the top ten. They are 21st. Yeah, Milwaukee? Nope. Milwaukee, no Milwaukee is... is. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess the other only playoff team we didn't talk about has to be the Miami Heat. No. <laughs> oh my god, the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> there you go, finally. Brooklyn, number three, 64%. And then lastly, the second worst oh. team in the Western Conference. Sorry, what was that? The second worst? Yes. You, you already said no to OKC. It can't be Houston because they're a bunch of chuckers. New Orleans? There you go. New Orleans at 63%. Peter, I knew we could get it. Brutal. Yeah. yeah you only went through every <laughs> single team so far. You've guessed some of the worst teams too. So we'll go to the, the bottom five right now. Let's see if you can get some of the teams you've already named. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's start off with uh, the Portland Trailblazers. Portland is not in the bottom five. What? They are 15th. No. He bamboozled you, Raj. He set your yeah. ass up. He did. He Give me did. OKC, though. You've named uh, three of these teams already. Oh, my God. So OKC. OKC is OKC. one of them. They are bottom five. Milwaukee. Milwaukee is the fourth worst, 55%. So now you got three Min- left. Minnesota. Minnesota is not in the bottom five. They are... No way. Eighth. I don't believe Whoa. that. They are passing the ball this year. No, they're not. Have you ever watched a Minnesota game this year? They're not passing the ball. That's some Men bullshit. Men lie, bro. women lie, stats don't. <laughs> they definitely do. Stats can easily be manipulated, Josh. You know this. Who's the worst passing team in the league? Just by it's eye gotta test. Be Houston. It's got to be Houston. Yeah. It's not Houston. What? Houston oh. is just outside the bottom five. Okay, Detroit. Oh. Nope. They're the Yo, best. They're the worst team Raj, by Detroit, Detroit has a Canadian legend, Kelly Olenek, on this team, okay? He but he's injured now, the though. They yeah. don't score many buckets, but they are eighth overall in passing. Don't you, score You probably watch this team buckets. more than anybody. That should give you a hint. Oh. Denver? No. <laughs> I definitely watch Denver more than anybody. Well, maybe Raj, then. <laughs> the Raptors? There you go. Raptors are the worst passing team in the league at 51% of their field wow. being assisted. Well, so we have yeah, Raptors. How do the Raptors score? How do the Raptors <laughs> score? Like, seriously. Your turn, my turn. <laughs> they take advantage of matchups. Like, that's their game right now, right? They just get the switches and they get whoever's got the smallest guy, post them up. Ugh. Ugly. All right, how many more do we need? Uh, you need two more. One of them is a fantastic Western Conference team. The other one is a playoff team in the East. Both of them you have not named yet. A fantastic Western well, Conference Well, I mean, record-wise. All right, how about uh, we go with the East, the New York Knicks? There you go. New York mm-hmm. is at 55% of their field goals being assisted. Clippers? Nope. Oh, Clippers you would never call them pack. fantastic. It would have to be the Utah Jazz. There you go. Utah is the second worst passing team in the league 
Wow. Bringing the ball up and just going ahead and chucking 52%. <laughs> it gets in the 9-5 record. Good, so far. Hey, Josh, the NBA we- is very strange this year. Yeah, Josh, bring these stats back up in like six months, okay? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the superstar stats are going to look a lot different too, you would hope. Yeah, DeMar DeRozan is going to be averaging 32 a game. Shooting like 38 or 39% from three. It's going to be great. He's going to be the three-point contest. For my fantasy team. Yeah. Yeah, you know what's weird? I saw DeMar DeRozan shoot a three from the top. Like from the top of the arc the other day. Inside the corner. That was against the Lakers. Yeah. And he stepped He stepped into one. Like he caught one, planted, and went off. Like... Yeah, like I was yeah. like, what am I watching? Yeah, the, the whole year I've only been seeing him like taking catch and shoot corner threes, but now I was like, whoa, this yeah. is some weird confidence. Like he didn't hit the shot, but like confidence, oh, no. he, you know? He hit this one. I, there was one he literally caught at the wing. He caught, stepped yeah. into it, and hit it. And I looked at the shot clock, and there was like eight seconds left. I'm like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is weird, man. This is the Demar that we always wanted for the Raptors. Oh, he had that one year he was taking like four threes a game, but he just wasn't hitting. Like this year, he's actually hitting he shooting, shots. He was shooting 31% that year as opposed to 37 this year. Yeah. Major difference, right? That year, it was just like, I'm tired of everyone yelling at me. I'm just going to start chucking. Well, like mildly chucking. Maybe this year with how the refs are calling the game with not calling plays the basket, this is finally the return of the mid-range, right? I mean, yep. honestly, a lot of these superstar players, they were mid-range players anyway. It's just the role players don't really take mid-range shots anymore. They take threes, obviously. So I guess that hasn't changed. Yeah. DeMar DeRozan still third in the league in free throws attempted this year. So we'll get into the line behind Giannis and uh, I think Jimmy Butler is second. That's yeah, But you can also, like... J- you can see what kind of players these guys are as opposed to the ones who try to like hustle the refs all the time or try to draw unnecessary contact, a la Trey Young and James Harden. Yeah, Harden is still Just... brutal to watch. He's starting to get more calls lately, though. All right, guys. Well, I guess that's all the time we've got for this week. I want to thank everyone for listening. Please remember to rate and subscribe. Give us those five-star reviews. Leave those good comments on Apple Podcasts. Run Instagram and Twitter at Hoops Corner Pod. And until next time, Peace.